Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of We Should Have Recorded That with Phil and Adam. Hi Phil. Hey Adam. How's, How's it, going? it going today? Oh, I'm good, thanks. How about you? I'm I'm okay. We were talking earlier. I'm a, I am a little tired. I think we both are a little tired today. So, yes. We we are educators making it through the end of the semester. Yeah. It is a long slog to Christmas. Right, right. But you're you're towards you're kind of getting closer to the point where you kind of sit back and relax as I remember you saying. Yes, I have grades due uh like in less than a week. So, um Okay. This week is exams and me grading 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 mm-hmm. grading 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 and grading <laughs> right Can't my favorite part of, of being a teacher yes of course yes. of course because we have to because you have to punish the students right <gasps> you have to assess them <laughs> we have Hopefully to assess my the <laughs> assessments are authentic and uh-huh. formative right. and uh and promote real learning and are not punishment yes, yes. i hope I, I i know they are i know they are so, so phil I, yeah do we have any comments on me going getting out of control last week <laughs> with just talking way too much so we actually do we um um in an informal comment my pastor uh tj he commented he said to me i listened to the podcast the whole way through this past week weekend and so you know we must have been you were sharing a lot of things that he was interested in so he listened the whole way and that was that was probably tj that's an awesome comment like i listened no comment on whether it was good or bad. Just no, I did no. It. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I don't want. I misrepresent his comments. If you think that, no, he thought he really enjoyed the topic. Um, you know, and we. I mean, I've talked with him before um, about about that, and he's like, you know, I really love you guys' chemistry, and it's really coming along. You really, y'all are, you know, starting to kind of. The chem- like the chemistry on the podcast is really coming together and Excellent. so yeah so I, I think he 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 he's another one of those people you know if we were going to have number two fan i think he would be our number two fan amazing you know. thank you tj <laughs> we're fans of you as well yes yes, yes. and i'm glad that our off-camera chemistry is now translating more on-camera. This is excellent. Right, right, right. Yes, yes. What um, about you? Do you have any? I do. I have two. I received two comments. One from former guest on the podcast, Caitlin Barron, who, uh-huh. wrote, this is, was, in, was in relation to our episode on friendship. Great episode. I don't have to be on your list for you to get coffee with next time you can come to Toronto or if I can come to <laughs> Rochester. And uh, so then we talked about that. And then, uh, well, I'll tell you what I said. I said, you're always welcome in Rochester. And as soon as the border opens, I'm there for coffee with Caitlin. And then I said, ooh, mm-hmm. coffee with Caitlin would be a great name for your podcast. That would be. Yes. That would be. And then my dear friend Rachel Fawcett from State College, Pennsylvania, wrote to me, love episode 26 of your podcast. It was so wonderful to see your face and hear your jubilant voice. Love you. So thank you, Rachel. Oh, love the feedback, especially when it's, you know, talking about my wonderful face and jubilant voice. (laughs) 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 And since, and since we're talking about faces and voices, I should mention, for those that are watching us, um, you will notice oh. that you see a picture of me Phil. right now. Oh, <laughs> you're not going to release this one as a video, are you? 
I I mean I like I don't uh, other than the fact that you can't see me, I don't know why we wouldn't. Why why wouldn't we? Do because that? no one wants to see me. Every last one of the people who go to our Facebook and YouTube to watch the video version of this podcast do so because of your face, Phil. Well, I I mean what what I what we do have proof of is that someone does enjoy seeing your radiant. They said didn't they say radiant? Wonderful, I think. Wonderful. Yes. Okay, we can say wonderful radiant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if that's what they think, I must have the like beauty filter on Zoom pushed all the way up. <laughs> no. The other You know that what touch it, on the appearance setting on yeah right (laughs) (laughs) my skin has never looked better (laughs) oh Oh. yeah but and and you know like that feature the only like what they do is just blur things like that's what like that's how they touch up (laughs) the blurrier one's vision the more handsome i become Right. Yes. The, the less clear you can see me. The yes. Exactly. Oh, all right. You understand. Ooh, okay. Well, Phil, how else can people? Uh, how can people send us their own comments when they listen to our brilliance? Yes. So there are um, at least three ways for you to hear and contact us. Um, on social media, you can contact us via Facebook and Instagram by Waserpa. Um, and then you can also find us and comment on our YouTube videos um, by the name of the podcast. So please so, do. Subscribe, comment, share, like, do. and follow. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So yeah. this week, uh, Phil and mm-hmm. I both feeling kind of tired. Now, I think we've said this before, like, okay, this week's going to be a short episode. And then they never, they, they never turn out to be, I guess I just get energized when I'm with you, Phil. Well, hey, I mean, I get, you know, it's, I was just going to say, like, that's how good conversations go, right? I mean, it's you true. just keep talking. Yes. They, they do, <laughs> they, yeah, the good conversations are not the draining kind. They are the, the life-giving, mm. you know, you feel the like a life force coming within you anyway and that's yeah. what you do to me phil life force um well, so great anyway we say this is going to be short but maybe we will not be able to stick with our promise but today is part two of our conversation about friendship yeah so phil how shall we proceed well i mean yeah i think you you started us really good last week with the article and the scripture. And so, you know, it's kind of, we didn't, I don't think we really touched on, um, you know, what Jesus said to us um, mm. in, in John. And so I think that's a great place for us to kind of set a tone for our conversation today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to try to talk less and listen more okay. in this episode um, so Phil, would you remind our audience of the verses from John that we shared last week? John chapter 15 verses 12 through 17. Yes, I will. So here we go. This is, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friend. You are my friends, and if you do, uh, you are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit shall abide. So that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. Mm, I love that. So, Phil, can we... um, There are so many... There are so many 
things that we could comment here about how right. Christ loves us and how we yeah. could love others. I mean, first of all, let's just point out the obvious. He commands us to love one another. He, like Jesus mm. in and in ever so subtle a way says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. And then he goes on mm. to talk about how exactly he has loved them. He has laid down his life for them. How? Mm -hmm. And then, can I admit though, these next couple of verses seem a little contradictory to me on the surface. So what I'm talking about is John mm -hmm. chapter 15, verse 14, and then the following verse, verse 15, they seem a little bit contradictory. Let me start with verse 15. No longer mm -hmm. do I call you servants, ellipsis, dot, 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 but I have called you friends. Awesome. We, we are Christ's friends now, not his slaves. Back up, though, to verse 14, and he says, you are my commands if you do what I, you are my friends if you do what I command you. Which, do you see what I'm talking about? The, in, the yeah. surface level, internal inconsistency there. Like, mm -hmm. you are my, you're not my servant, you're my friend. Right. You're my friend if you do what I tell you, which is like what a servant does to a master. Yeah? Mm, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So let me just share a few ways that the master-servant relationship and the friend relationship are different from one another, okay? And Phil, I want you to interject uh -huh. after all of these. Okay. Okay. A... In the master-servant relationship, both servant and master keep secrets and don't share information. So, Phil, how does the friend relationship contrast with that? Yeah, I mean, I think if you have a real friend, yeah, you, you are more, you're transparent. You're not keeping yes. secrets. Yes, exactly. You share invulnerability, mm -hmm. your deep thoughts, dreams, hopes, desires, frustrations, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. In the master-servant relationship, a servant knows his or her place and doesn't argue. How mm. does the friend relationship contrast with that? Yeah, I mean, there is <clears throat> there is definitely more of a uh, push and pull, like you. Mm -hmm. we, yes. Yeah, give and take. Exactly. Okay, master-servant. Mm -hmm. The servant obeys out of fear. Mm. yeah and jesus in other places says that uh, perfect love cast out all exactly so love motivation. then it becomes and you know there are times i think in the kind of deep covenantal committed friendships we talked about last week i think there are times where we can insist that a friend do something um without maybe them fully understanding the why and why would they do the thing they don't fully understand for because us love. because they love and they trust so it's not fear yeah. it's love and trust absolutely okay master servant yeah. relationship a servant watches his, his or her words and only shares positive emotions mm. Yeah, I, 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 I hope that as you become better friends, you are, you able your friend understands. Sometimes you don't articulate everything as well as you would like, and you can share more. Yeah. Yes, exactly, <clears throat> exactly. And I, I mean, that's why the first thing that you said when we logged on to this call tonight was, "I'm tired." <laughs> <laughs> I, you know. It's this is it's obvious you are not my servant because you wouldn't have been able to admit that to me. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. How about this? The master in the master servant relationship, they both respond to dark times by avoiding one another. Mm. How does that contrast that, with the relationship good. of friends? 
Yeah, Frank, we should get closer. We yes. should draw closer to I, each other. Not avoidance, but rather approach. Exactly. Yeah. In the master-servant relationship, when the servant offends, it leads to punishment. How about in the friends relationship? Should forgiveness yes. and some grace. Right? Exactly. Mercy. Don't you just ah, uh, don't you just love this? You know the way that mm-hmm. the friends relationship is one of you know friends with friendship with Christ especially. It's one of obedience. It's one of trust. It's one of grace. It's one of vulnerability. It's one of that is characterized through its every moment and in its every gesture by love. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, how can we love others as Christ has loved us, which is his commandment? Yeah, I think we have, we start with the motivation, I think, first, right? So, um, I don't... If we're really trying to develop a real friendship, then... Um, my motivation shouldn't be what am I like what am I getting out of it but um, you know I want you know I want to um, I want to make a friend uh, because I enjoy being around I mean mm. I guess there's like there's there I mean there's a deeper like the the desire to receive is it's deeper than just a superficial like um, I, I want to be close to them for the power that I can gain or for the wealth mm-hmm. or the fame. Mm-hmm. But because you actually, uh, you actually enjoy that person. This this kind of goes into what we, one of the other points, like the the person being the actual end and not a means. Yes. Um, oh. And so yeah. Yes. Do you want to talk about that right now, Phil? Even though it's kind of far down on our our outlaw. I I I think we let we can still we can stay here, but I think that starting with the love, like I yes. think that's the first thing you start with. Yeah. Yeah, and and you're right. It is unconditional. So yeah, let's we'll talk yeah. about we'll come back to that point in just a moment. Yeah, yeah. But I see mm-hmm. next on our outline is oh a topic very near and dear to my heart. We'll do we'll do uh-huh. the singleness episode someday soon. But let's yeah. just let's just scratch the surface of the singleness versus marriage conversation. Yeah, I think you were, I mean, last week you were kind of talking about, um, you know, how single people and married people can approach each other in friendship. And mm-hmm. I and I think one of the things, you know, we, we've, we've talked about some, you know, how the church, how we kind of come with these um, um, uh, uh, kind of presu- uh, presumptions about um, relationships or, or pe- post- our status before. And in the church, I think we do value marriage over singleness. Oh, um, I know, I know, question. I felt that. <laughs> I know, I felt that, and I, I mean, and I get like we, like we value it. It's it has its importance because I mean, yeah, that's like that is a command, but we we almost value it at the detriment of singleness. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, yes. I, oh, you know. Take your time. Take your time. So, I once, I once was at a church and the pastor was preaching on Sunday mornings through the book of 1 Corinthians. Mm -hmm. And we got to 1 Corinthians 7 and... Um, you know, this is just the most obvious passage of scripture to me as a, as an unmarried person. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to pick out one verse from 1 Corinthians 7 to read to our audience. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 38. And I'm, I don't think it's, I don't think I'm, you know, proof texting here this is this whole chapter backs up what this verse says he who marries his betrothed does well and he who refrains from marriage will do even better Mm. okay that 
doesn't seem all that ambiguous to me. It seems pretty clear. And the title, and you know, and as an unmarried person, I remember like, you know, First Corinthians 7, very meaningful to me. I've studied it a lot on my own. And as we were coming up to the Sunday when the pastor was going to preach on First Corinthians 7, I was, I was getting excited because everyone in the church was married. I mean, I just, mm. which is, I guess is typical, you know, that's not an atypical right. thing. But there, yeah. you know, there was, there was never any pushback on the way that the church has just like sprinkled a little bit of Christianity over cultural conceptions of the centrality of the nuclear family in over our mm -hmm. lives. You know, it's just like, mm -hmm. you know, it's just making an idol out of the nuclear family and and using some Christianese around the type around the topic. Okay. Um, and so I was just like, okay, finally, something is going to be said that pushes back against this cultural milieu that we're living in that just idolizes, you know, mom, dad, kids, white picket fence, dog, like, okay. And mm -hmm. I, you can imagine how my heart sank when I opened up my bulletin before the service even started and read that the title of the sermon from 1 Corinthians 7, the verse that says, being single is better than being married, the title of the sermon was, The Glories of Marriage. <laughs> and I'm like... so crestfallen at that and then indeed the whole sermon was about how great marriage is and 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 i'm just like i'm just like <laughs> what <sighs> <sighs> i mean okay can I, I need to proof text what I just said because it's so inappropriate. Phil. First Corinthians <laughs> 7, 8, and 9. To the unmarried and the widows, I say that it is good for them to remain single as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, this is what I just said before in an in a vulgar way that I apologize for. Mm -hmm. If they cannot exercise self-control then they should marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. Mm -hmm. So, um, anyway, yes. The church, the capital C church, especially in the West, and especially in the 21st century, has lifted marriage up as if it is the pinnacle uh, of human relationship as if every other form of relationship doesn't just take a back seat but like you are you are on a mega bus and marriage is driving the mega bus and the mm. and your friendships go in the luggage compartment mm. like there is such a, a prioritization of marriage over every other relationship that I just don't see in the Bible. Yeah, I, I mean, I think going, I was thinking back to your to the article that you shared um, and I'm looking here to find the paragraph uh, is it's, you know, because one of the things, oh, I remember what it said about adulthood. We prioritize so many things when it comes to becoming an adult, but be making friends uh, is not part of one of those um, achievements, mm -hmm. I think is one of the things that I was talking about yes. in, in adulthood, but making friends not one of those achievements. And I think marriage would be probably is a part of that um, that system of making becoming making those having those achievements. You get your 
have your you know get your married so you can get your home and you can have your children yes and um you know you those are your achievements and i and i think like you like you're saying it it's not it's not biblical right and i mean and you know this is not you know like i could just sort of just picked on that pastor right i love him like Uh what a wonderful man he is and he didn't mean anything by it we just we're swimming in this culture that Mm -hmm that says the nuclear family is everything and your friendships are practically nothing. And so it's not right. his fault, you know? Just like, I remember, you know, I'm not sure if it's accurate to call this a microaggression, but that seems the closest term that that accurately re- reflects what this is. But I remember mm-hmm. being in a small group Bible study and um, when... At the end of our of our Bible study, we would do praise and prayer requests. And one of mm-hmm. the praises was phrased in this way. Well, our daughter's boyfriend has proposed, and so now they're engaged. And he is just the kind of man that every parent... Um, what is he? He's, he's, uh, he's a great guy. And they, okay, that's just all you say. He's a great guy. And then he, they said, um, and, you know, so what's, what's happening for our daughter is exactly what every parent wants for their child. Mm-hmm. And I thought, mm-hmm. all right, a couple of things I thought. Number one, number one, okay, y- here I am, single adult dude in this Bible study. So what you're basically telling me is that I'm a giant disappointment to my parents because they never got what every parent wants. They never got mm-hmm. to, like, go to my my wedding, like, you know, like, way too expensive, why did we waste all this money <laughs> wedding? <laughs> two, two, what, if you were a, if you were thinking biblically and not americanly Mm. what you would have said is it's this is so what's happening for our daughter is exactly what every parent wants for their child if their child isn't called to the even greater vocation of singleness and celibacy because like what you should want for your little girl even more than her getting married to prince charming is that she joins a convent and devotes her life to Christ. <laughs> that I, I mean, I am gonna push back on okay, it. I was so I looked at this, uh, and I agree with you. I think I agree with you. I've already stated that I think it is an unbiblical um, idea that we want uh, all of our young people to get married. I think that's very unbiblical, um, and to the detriment of whatever it is that God and to what to whatever God calls us to and why God calls us to that mm-hmm. and we ne- we may not and I I'm, I may never know fully why someone else is called to a particular um, calling mm-hmm. but um, as it relates to this verse and I think this is what Paul is getting at um, and because he, he talks about this later contentment with where you are and he's speaking you know to these people to this church, um, to these Christians who were, you know, doing all types of crazy things or wanting to divorce their unsaved husbands or, you know, being with people they shouldn't have been with. And he's saying, be content where you are. And I think the church makes it hard for us to do that, yes. right? It it does not, it, it, it I mean, more than it should be, more than, I'm hard, it makes it harder than it should be in a, in America for us to be, con, to practice contentment. Mm-hmm. It makes it harder for us to say, God, this is where you have me. And um, my, my, my fellow believers are going to come alongside me and are going to support me because this is where you have me. Yes. Yes. And I just want to say for the record, before we move on. Yeah. I do not believe that um, when we elevate singleness and celibacy, that we are, as a consequence, diminishing marriage. No, I, we don't need to, to do that. I, if anything I've said, 
sounds like a diminishment of the sacred institution of marriage, I deeply apologize because it is a sacred institution created by God himself, the lifelong covenantal one flesh union of man and wife is is beautiful um, and I am deeply appreciative of the married people in my life who have who have displayed the beauty of that relationship. So I'm not diminishing mm -hmm. marriage. What I am trying to do is elevate singleness and celibacy to its mm -hmm. biblical mm -hmm. station, which mm -hmm. almost no one in 21st century America does. Yeah, I, I think what, what, what comes to mind too is that friendship should not be a means, but should be an end as well because mm -hmm. again in our in our american culture um it is it, and i mean in, in christian american culture like you a guy becomes friends with a girl mm -hmm. to what date her and marry her and make babies I mean, but yeah, that like I mean, that's that's why a guy becomes friends with friends with the girl. And I and I was and I I grew up in this. I grew up in this system. I grew well, grew up in this in this thinking. And so I mean, it is how I have my life has been shaped. And and um you know and even probably and it even contributes to you know the feeling some of the feelings that I've had before I even got married. Mm -hmm. Um. Um, I don't know if I ever was really content with being single. Mm. I can't, I can't, I can honestly say, I don't know if I was. Mm. Um, and so maybe God was calling me to something different, but, um, but maybe it would also, maybe there was all, it was, uh, it could be contributed. Um, it, well, the, the type of, um, thinking, uh, American thinking was a contribution to yes. my lack of contentment. So. Yes. Oh, I think so. I think so. I mean, yeah. what wouldn't it be radical if instead of assuming that Johnny and Susie were going to grow up and get married, you assumed their default was that Johnny and Susie would grow up and embrace vocational singleness. Mm. And then if they just happen to get married, oh, that's awesome. The human race will continue. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah i mean but the, the the like but that's the thing like i mean can can we imagine something else other than you know people being um i mean i guess for men we can't we we do imagine it because we don't i guess for christians we don't um in most conservative or we would say biblically conservative you know that conservatism is is such a hot word right mm, now yeah um but you're, but you're but talking you, in the theological sense, not the political. Yes. One. Yes. Yes. The, the theologically conservative, we believe in marriage between man and a woman. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, we don't see that men would they don't become friends to get married. But just being. <laughs> able... ah, yes. <laughs> it's one of the beautiful right. things about friendship is that. Right. Because none of yes. this baggage associated with it. Like if it right. doesn't. If. If you just remain casual friends with someone, like, you can remain casual, like, not super close friends with them. But, like, if you don't want to go out on another date with someone, the relationship is over. Right. And there goes my chance, another chance of getting married. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> and, and so, but I, what we, like, again, just coming back to the friendship, because that's what we're really trying to get at is that, we we really do need to rethink our again that friendship can be a end that friendship needs to be mm -hmm. an end. like i i, I yes. just want someone who i can who can know me not as a servant or yes. me as a yes. master as someone to use but as um just someone to care and someone that i care for and someone i love and someone who loves me back yes um, yes. and as a brother or a sister in Christ. Exactly. And I mean, and you're right, Phil, like that, we can, we can live like, let's be the change, people who are listening to this. Let's be the change and embrace 
friendship between men and women that is not and means to an end but isn't the end itself the friendship is the end yes. and not a means yes. to get in bed <laughs> right you know right. i i i think like no we've spent it long enough on this i don't want to believe okay. this i do because someday soon phil i do want to do an episode on vocational on singleness, singleness. So, sounds good and i i hope i i hope that we have a lot of comments and if you have like you know if you want to share your ideas and maybe we can incorporate those into that episode so plug yes so yeah i i think this another relationship that influences how men can how men mm -hmm. become friends is the relationship of the father and the son yes. and i it, I would thought about this as I was reading your article over the weekend, and and I and I I was I just share a little anecdote. I really do, and it's it kind of and um, it kind of, I I kind of feel silly like when I see my um especially the male students getting out of the car and the fathers dropping them off, you know, and the, and, and some of the students it's just natural. The son will kiss the father, and the father will mm -hmm. kiss the son. And even the father would say, well, I, don't forget my kiss, you know, oh. to the, his son. Yes. And like continuing that or some form of that yes. on into, you know, um, uh, adolescence, teenage and adulthood, you know, would can, would help us men yes. be more comfortable with affection. Yes. Yes. I just, <laughs> yes. I say amen to that. I think there is that just yeah. <laughs> there are about a thousand things I want to say. And the horrible thing about speech is you have to choose one at a time. Uh, right. <laughs> but yeah, I think this is one of the roots of toxic masculinity mm. Mm, yeah. in our culture. Yeah. Um, and there are other roots as well. But this this idea that fathers and sons can't be affectionate with one another or that they can only be affectionate with one another when the son is under a certain age it is mm -hmm. it's deadly. It's poisonous. It's just really unhealthy yeah yeah i and i and i think like in the especially like the teenage years that we really you know I, we really need that affection because yes. you're trying to figure yourself out yes and home base home base is you know the family yes. you know because if whatever is going in and with social media now i can remember in middle school um, I will, maybe I said something and I'm like thinking to myself, man, I really hate I said that thing mm. or whatever. And, you know, and being able to kind of get away from it and forget about it with social media, once you put it out there, it's out there. And or mm. once you say something or do something, people can react to it in the moment as long people in other places, but being able to come home and have that, you know, have that person to say, it's okay, son, mm. you know, yes. it's okay, daughter. Um, yes. I still love you. And, and the, that, like, that's that first affirming relationship where it's not based on um, means or, or based on, you know, the servant master, but a relationship based on you're my son and that's it. Yes. You're my daughter and that's it. I love you. Yes. So. Can I give one piece of practical advice? Yes, Partly please. because I think it's funny. We'll break, okay. break the moment. But I was once taught, you know how men tug, tend to hug one another with like the big three pats? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I was once taught that that kind of hug is the I'm not gay hug. <laughs> Those... Three pats are nonverbal signals of I'm not gay. 
<laughs> Y'all, a hug is where you take someone into an embrace and you hold them. That's mm -hmm. what a mm -hmm. hug is. So practical yeah. piece of advice, fathers. Mm. Your son knows because you mm. are you were <laughs> like your sperm caused him oh, oh. with oh, your wife. Okay. He knows you're not gay. You don't need to give him the I'm not gay hug. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to probably put the uh, a, um, a disclaimer on this episode. What I said the word sperm, but that isn't a bad word, is it? I don't know. I you know during. I don't want to. We we are definitely going full lead. I don't want. <laughs> get cut out I'm sorry, Phil. I'm sorry. It's, no, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Like this is like this is what we talk about, right? Maybe we, this we is a conversation them, you know? we shouldn't have recorded. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, but we 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 told we told you that um we probably was not gonna be may not be short. So in order for us not to make it longer, I'm not gonna make the cover. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm sorry, dear audience. It's okay. It's all good. This, I mean, if they're listening, this is why they're listening, right? Because we are having these conversations, and I hope you're talking to your computer monitor and to your speakers. Uh, you're making notes, and please share with us. This is a conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, honestly, it's a conversation. Yes. Yes. So... So, next, I mean, I think we've been touching on it, but maybe we can touch on it some more. Um, p seeing people as the end and not means. Yes. Um, and I and I think one way you one way you really demonstrate that, uh, um, and we see this, um, you know, when when you look at if you understand the history of of slavery in this country, you know, because those people were property. Um, because enslaved people was treated as property when those people died on the way to this country they had insurance on them mm -hmm. and so they recouped their cost uh, of losing that person who they had enslaved and again if you're seeing a person as a, at a me as a means you're waiting on that payday right yes you're you're waiting on that um whatever the return is going to be and i and i and i think man like our relationships are fruitful like because i know people that does help me but again is that the reason why i'm trying to get to know them or does it continue to be the reason that i get to know them i, I think i mean i want to i don't want to pretend that we never build relationships because yes. um without uh, external or different motives but do but does it ever go beyond the person being um, the, a means to an Yes, exactly. So Elred of Riveau was a 12th century Cistercian, I'm sorry, Cistercian abbot. And his book okay. on spiritual friendship is kind of difficult to read, as are most things from the Middle Ages. Um, <laughs> but he... He defined three types of what we would call friendship. Carnal, mm. worldly, and spiritual friendship. Mm. And, you know, Phil, like, carnal and worldly friendship, Aylred said, weren't friendship at all. The only mm. true kind of friendship was spiritual friendship. Um, you know, some of... Some, reformed thinkers would say that the unregenerate soul is incapable of mm. of true sacrificial love that mm. that mm. the unregenerate soul is always always in probably ways they aren't even conscious of seeking some sort of return on their investment mm. And so mm -hmm. that kind of parallels what Elred was saying about how in carnal and worldly 
quote unquote friendship, the, the, the parties involved are in some way seeking their own gain. Whereas in mm -hmm. spiritual friendship, as you said, Phil, the friendship itself is the ends. It is delighting in the person that is the ends. Not what the person can do for you, not what the person can give to you, but rather the person, him or herself. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think the word we, <clears throat> I think we come back to the other part of the command, that sacrificial nature. Mm -hmm. um, so like I said before, in 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 like you're saying in the opposite of real friendship you're willing to sacrifice the person but when you are a friend you're willing to sacrifice yourself mm. yes yes we we make when i if i'm loving someone and this and this again this this goes beyond just friendships but we can start we start we can start here um you know, when if I'm if I'm really trying to be a good friend, I will I will say, OK, let me give this time out of my day. Mm -hmm. um, and I and I think, you know, I, I want to say again, I think this work happens, first of all, by the Holy Spirit. Most times yeah. I, and I think you said this in the past, like if you if I've ever said an encouraging word or done something, you know, that was helpful, it probably was. You know, the spirit moving me more than it was mm -hmm. me consciously yes. always very intentionally doing that. Um, but yes, that sacrificial. And I, and I think, again, like we um, I think, again, we are only we are only trying to reflect the love and the sacrificial nature that Christ has shown towards us, right? Yes. Hopefully, hopefully we never have to give our life. Mm. But you know, maybe, maybe, ho hopefully, and when if that day comes, you know, the, our again, the Holy Spirit will move on us in such a way that we are at least willing right. to give our life. Right. I just want to make two comments related to that, Phil, um, because what you said is so true, absolutely true. Um, but I do want to provide two qualifiers um, okay first is our comment or our, our, our what we mentioned last week about the circles of friendship and how mm. um, we not all of our relationships will be spiritual friendships on that level of of mm. sacrifice because we only, as human beings, have the capacity for a handful of those friendships that consistently require deep sacrifice. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the other thing to mention is just, um, even if you desire a spiritual friendship with someone, if they are not behaving as a spiritual friend in return, and you are the one constantly sacrificing, sacrificing, sacrificing for them, and it is not reciprocal, or if it is taken advantage of or taken for granted, um, that can be the on-ramp to a really toxic kind of friendship, uh, you know, a, a quasi-abusive friendship. Um, so I do feel like just, uh, I feel a little bit of responsibility to caution people like I would with any deeply <clears throat> meaningful relationship. Just like we, yeah. you know, those who are entering into committed romantic relationships, like they know because our culture has taught them to take it seriously and to be circumspect um, and I do think we should enter into friendships in very much the same way, uh, with a certain yeah. soberness um, mm. about, okay, if, if you're really going to do friendship with someone Christianly, in that deep, spiritually intertwined, covenantal and committed way, um, you, you can't do that with just 
anyone. It needs to be someone who is worthy of the kind of trust we talked about a few minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think, again, I one of the other things I want to say, and I really do want us to touch on this last thing before we wrap, but one other thing I want to say about this is that, like I said before, we're imitating, and, and first, we... The more and and um, Pastor TJ has said this before, so like what is what is the the remedy for trying to be a better friend? What is the solution, um, or how, what is the medicine you can take to, you know, game be and be a better friend? Is to soak in the love that has been given to you mm -hmm. in Christ, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the gospel. Yes. Yes. What is Christ? soaking in that and constantly soaking in that and and out of that soaking I, I really like how he said that sit and soak like it just that will ooze out of you towards other people mm -hmm. it will ooze out of you yes. towards other people and some days it's it doesn't ooze as fast <laughs> as other days <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you need it more than you need to give it you know exactly yes <laughs> That, oh, so, such a good word, Phil. Absolutely. Yeah. So I want to encourage us in that, even as we're, you know, get saying saying this, but you know, just it it's a process, and, and I, I think you, Adam, we are. I mean, we're talking uh, just a little further down the road than maybe you may be, but we we've been where you are. We're just a, again just a little further down the road than where than where you are i i think the last thing to end this is i mean kind of really ties into what i just mm -hmm. said being a friend i mean and i made i formed this as a question um my friend as i am you know i i mean do i need to change for you to be my friend how mm -hmm. does that work adam what do you like what is your thoughts on that well i mean it's not a spiritual friendship it's not a real friendship not a biblical or christian friendship if mm -hmm. you if there's a condition on it right mm, right that mm, love is mm. unconditional so yes phil you are my friend as you are um mm. oh, it reminds me of a quote you give me you give your thoughts for 20 seconds while I look up this quote. Yeah, okay. I I agree with you. Yeah, it's it cannot be conditional. And um, one of the things that I'm trying to, and I, I mean, again, it's a work in progress. One of the things that I'm trying to work on, and I said this in a previous episode of, of out of the love that I give, create beauty. Um, and, you know, a, a quoting, paraphrasing Martin Luther, and so, yeah, and I, I mean, I really struggle and I'm, I'm sure people struggle with me, too, because I, I is as, 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 as much uh, the, the flattering words that you share. I, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm I know I'm difficult at times. Um. Well, I mean, maybe it's just that in comparison to even more difficult people. OK, <laughs> <laughs> it's relative. It's relative. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I think, but yeah, just, I think going back to that and as you understand how much Christ has loved you yes. and how wretched we are, you know, maybe, maybe I can extend a little more grace to that person who's really getting on my nerves today. Yes. Yes. Um, I found the quote that I was thinking of. Thanks okay. for your patience, Phil. And I think this would be a great, a great way to end today. This is from Wesley Hill's book, also like Elred of Rivaux's uh, treatise entitled Spiritual Friendship. And this is what he says. The Catholic writer and activist Maggie Gallagher describes two kinds of relationships. To the first, she gives the tagline, you're mine because I love you. On the other hand, Gallagher talks about a different sort of relationship. To this one, she gives a tagline that's the inverse of her first. I love you because you're mine. In this latter type of friendship, my love for you isn't the basis of our connection. It's the other way around. 
We are bound to each other, and therefore, I love you. What would it mean to see friendship, specifically Christian friendship, the kind we want to strengthen and nurture in our churches, as more of the second kind of relationship than the first? What would it mean if we made promises to each other precisely as friends? So, Phil, I hope that our friendship is I love you because you're mine. Mm. I love you, Phil, because you're my friend. Not you're my friend because I love you. And then Mm. when I don't feel the love anymore, I'm not your friend. Nope, sorry. I've made the commitment to be your friend, Phil. And so whether I'm... Mm feel love or whether I feel like you're difficult (laughs) you're my friend and therefore I love you Mm, that's good that's a great way to end I love you too Adam even when you're difficult (laughs) which is frequently (laughs) (laughs) you know what it's somehow less egregious if you just own up to it right yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Dear audience, if you know me personally, I apologize for being difficult. <laughs> no. So do should we should we share a um even a current event segment? What do you think? Um well, we're at 56 and 57 minutes now. What do you think? Should we should we do our traditional segments but keep them short or forego them? I think we, I mean, if we want to do both, I think we can keep, I think maybe we could do current events. All right. Current events. Um, I want to keep it real brief. I would rather that the outgoing president attend coronavirus task force meetings than call governors and state legislature members asking for the vote to be overturned. That's it. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I made this coming before. Our democracy is very fragile. Mm-hmm. So I think um, my my thought was on, um, I think yesterday was the anniversary of Pearl Harbor, yes. um, the attack on Pearl Harbor. And so um, it was just listening to some of the stories, uh, just reflecting on, on the events around that. One of the stories they shared was um, how African-American um, soldiers um, went to fight um, you know, mm. during the war and had to come back home uh, around, especially around hearing that, like one of the gentlemen, he was he was in school and he left school uh, to be an architect to go fight. And he had to come back here, come back to the States and continue to fight for equality. Yeah. Um, right. And and so just hearing his story, you know, and, and in that just um, it isn't it's timely. It's timely right sure. now. It's a timely story. For yeah. sure, yes. Yeah. Phil, what did you learn this week? What did I learn? I the man, it's it's really it is you know, we I <laughs> I get my words together. Really quick. Man, friend it is really good to have friends. Mm. It is. It's good. It's good. It really is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to have these conversations. What about you? What did you learn? Um, I learned. I think TJ's right. Our our chemistry on Mike is getting even better, and it was demonstrated this time by me pulling up the list of differences between servant master and friend. Uh-huh. And I had not. I mean. Did I did I share that list with you ahead of time, Phil? Was that in our document where we plan our stuff? No, no, that was just not. me it on was... the co- on the spur of the moment, being like, "Oh my goodness, I have a talking point, and I have a document mm-hmm. that I pre prepared about this." And you perfectly encapsulated my friend's column, just point by point. I didn't need you didn't need any coaching. You are <laughs> wise and a mind reader. 
Man, I, I need to work on the mind reading part. Maybe we can uh, win the lottery or something. <laughs> read, read the mind of the lottery? <laughs> that was a terrible, that was a terrible line, punch line. That's but okay. Even that. when you're difficult, Phil, I still love you. So, right. anything else for the good of the order? That's it. All right. Well, then, dear audience, I will say bye for now. Adios. Adios.